is the Chair Shot Podcast coming back to you on a Sunday evening here. We've had a busy wrestling-filled week. We've got so much to get to. We've got so many lives being led and so on. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy. Joined, as always, by my ever-dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Joe Towner. Good evening, Barry. And also with us, Mr. Paul Griffin. We're back. We're back on a Sunday. Week in a row. There's no missed shows. Doesn't happen too often, does it? Although, no show next week. Sorry about that. What's next week? Uh, my, my birthday. I'm not going to be around. Uh, I mean, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean presents in the post? And all that. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so no show next week, so that's good. Um, yeah, so so uh, we're back. We've got loads, loads of stuff to talk about. We've got Life Guff, we've got Wrestle Guff. Uh, uh, we've got, uh, I think we've got a couple of NXT things to chat about. We've got a big weekend of wrestling to chat about. Uh, so let's jump straight into it. Who has had a life this week? Who wants to talk about life? Paul, I understand you're going through some changes. Oh. I'm going through changes. Uh, yeah, this is my last week as a team leader in my current job. And I start my new position on Monday. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Uh, specializing in service delivery and all that. So, yeah, Monday was... Or Monday. Friday was a nice day. People were sending me some nice emails uh i brought in sweets for people uh no one got me anything that's all right don't worry about it yeah well that's true i didn't actually get to any of them but sure look they weren't for me in the first place uh so very much looking forward to monday uh moving to a new building a bigger desk um bigger screens i have a laptop and i will now have the ability to work from home if i want to which nice, which wasn't something that was afforded to me before. Um, because I had a meeting uh, with, with the new boss, right? And he was saying to me, like, right, because you're the new one, uh, and the other SDS is probably going to fly back to France for Christmas, and I'm taking Christmas off, uh, we're probably going to need you to work over Christmas. Uh, but sure, if you just want to just work from home for those two weeks. I was like, yeah, yeah no problem. I'll, I'll do that. That works for me. What work all day in my underpants with my feet up with, you know, yeah. movies on and shit. Yeah, grand. I'll do just, that. Just like the old days. <laughs> yeah, it'd be like not working, but getting paid for it and not getting it taken away from your holidays. So that's nice. Um. So yeah, I'm looking forward to get started there. I think it's something I'm going to be able to adapt to quite quickly because it's kind of more of the stuff I I enjoy doing most in the team leader role like lots of reporting and data analysis and stuff like that and less of giving out to people and hr meetings and the like uh that's the stuff that i really did not enjoy so seems like the perfect little job for me uh did i mention more money as well um so that's the big change in my life obviously we'll see how it goes in two months time i could be talking about like oh what a disaster this was what a mistake what a mistake but uh, as of right now, it's something that I'm looking forward to. I'm excited about. And 
Yeah, I was a team leader for nearly two years. Yeah. Uh, so I've got, got a little bit of experience. Like One thing with my job is I've been lucky enough to work in a, a company where there's quite a lot of opportunity for progression. Uh, so it's not the Dilbert principle or whatever Scott McAvoy emailed about last week. It's, you know, I, I've done... I typically do a, a specific job for maybe a year and a half, two years, and then move into something else. So I did, like, training coordinator, where I got a lot of organizational skills, you know, experience in that sense. Uh, training specialist, where I improved my communication skills. Team lead, where I improved my leadership skills. And now this will be something else where I'll be, like, working directly with clients and stuff like that. And uh, dealing with senior management. So a new thing that'll give me... More experiences make me better rounded as a, you know, as a potential employee for other companies. I don't know if anyone's listening then who might want to <laughs> have yeah, a position coming up. It, listen to Paul talk. Ignore all the bits where he's like, uh, uh, I watch a telly, I uh, watch an entire season of Stranger Things. Uh, uh, ignore all that. Ignore all that. Yeah, ignore the bits where I was like, uh, what was I doing? Playing games at work? Um going on a walk for two hours once without telling anybody i'm not sure that's a, if you can get if you can get away with that stuff i don't think people will mind what you're doing once you climb the ladder a little bit um in more fun news right i talked last week about oreos and all the different mad flavors i've been testing well i have some new oreos here guys and i'll do a little live review for you here um, so I got I got uh, some more uh, Oreos online. Some of the wackier flavors, what you can't get over here. Um, so I mentioned the last time that I got lemon s'more s'more Oreos. What was the other one? Lemon s'mores. Oh, mango and orange. They were quite good. Uh, so I got some more Oreos. I got lemon again because I did quite enjoy the lemon, uh, although. I believe in the Oreo universe that the lemon Oreos aren't held in very high esteem. Um, yeah, that doesn't sound like something I'd want in an Oreo, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. It it, it definitely... I mean, Don't get me wrong. It does have a very artificial lemon flavor. Uh, I've seen it likened to uh, like a soap flavor. <laughs> Dishwasher. Uh, dishwashing liquid. But I, I do quite like them. Um, so I got some more of the lemon ones. They are nice. I also got... Right, I haven't got them yet, though. Uh, and there, it's a separate flavor. is lemon twist Oreos. So I'm excited to see how different they are to the normal lemon Oreos. Because I have just here the lemon cream Oreo. Um, now, it doesn't say on the package double stuffed, but it, it is like a double stuffed Oreo. That's just how big it is. Um, so let me just have a quick one of those. Give you my review. The patented Nabisco ceiling um, packaging, American style. So big shout out to Michelle, I guess. I don't know. She's from America. Uh, and I have a quick little bite of this lemon Oreo. I won't eat the whole thing. Just one bite. And I, I do see why people wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't like it because it it is a, it's not a very fresh fla um, flavored. Oreo, it does definitely feel like I mean, all the Oreos are artificially flavoured, right? But it has a really nice aftertaste, which is what I like about it the most. It's not a very strong lemon flavour, it's a very 
very mild lemon flavor so i do quite like that and now for the main event uh the second flavor i have here again f uh delivered from america baskin robbins limited edition mint chocolate chip flavor oreo so it's a mint and chocolate flavor cream so i've got the two creams interwoven with chocolate chips so i'm very excited about this one let's have because i know that we have already uh the mint oreo over here right so i'm, I'm interested to see how this differs so i'm already seeing put this away for a second uh, it is an Oreo that has two different uh, color creams in it. Hmm, interesting smell. Uh, I would describe the smell definitely as like a, a, a mint ice cream smell. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely has that kind of smell. It does. That's the, good. That's, that's a nice smell. That's a nice yeah, smell. it is a nice smell. The the cream has little bits of chocolate chip in it as well, which is nice. So we'll see how this goes. Hmm. Yeah, it does taste similar to the mint one, but it's definitely got a bit more of a chocolatey flavor. Like, I know the mint ones we get over here taste very similar to Viscount biscuits. I don't know if anybody ever had them. Yeah, is this Viscount or Viscount? I've always said Viscount. I don't know. Um, yeah, this was a de this was a debate <laughs> in the office the other week. I would yeah, say I would say Viscount, but then I'm from. Um, not North Dublin or Colchi County. Middle class. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know what that means. Actually, and, to be, and I do live in North Dublin, so I don't know what my point is. Um, they are quite nice. I do quite like those. Um, again, not a very strong flavor. Definitely more subtle flavor. Uh, and now, to finish it off, and of course I'm going to put these away then afterwards. That'll be the end of the Oreo segment. Uh, I'm going to take a bite of each at the same time. So this is going to be a lemon mint <laughs> chocolate chip with one... I forgot to mention, the lemon Oreo has a golden cookie. And the mint chocolate chip has the normal chocolate cookie. So I'm getting a big mix of flavors here. Mm. Well, that doesn't just doesn't taste of anything. <laughs> that just is a mix of flavors that nothing is standing out. I think the mint... The mint is standing out more than the lemon, for sure. Hmm. Anyway, I get rid of this now. I have two half-eaten Oreos now on the windowsill. So, any American listeners who has or have um, access to these magical Oreo flavors that, for some reason, they don't want to give us over here this side of the Atlantic, um, those mint chocolate chip ones are real good. Um, maybe don't bother with the lemon ones I know I love them but I can definitely see why people wouldn't like them but those mint chocolate chip ones are very very nice and Oreo or whatever the company is we don't over here just want normal chocolate peanut butter mint and you know golden we want to have the mad fucking flavors that they have in America so come on uh, we want our own flavors we want or even better our own flavors they do they do um, Cadbury's with Oreo bits in it but they don't do Oreos with Cadbury bits in it. Oh, well... What the fuck's going, why is it going one way but not the other way? I, I have here the third Oreo uh, product of the day. It's Cadbury-coated Oreos. Have you seen yeah. these? Yeah. Have, have you had them? I don't know. All right, hang on. Let me open one up. Take it. 
Why, why can't they um, stick a crunchy in an Oreo? There you go. There's an idea. Crunchy flavor Oreo. Why aren't they? Why aren't they doing that? Or fix this. Yeah. Or oh, cream cream egg Oreos. Mars I did bar actually, Oreos. Um, I did actually suggest that to. Um, I can't remember what the name of the company who owns Cadbury's now. Melendez or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did um, Mondelez. Um, I sent them a suggestion on their website for a cream egg. Yeah. Uh, Oreos. And cream egg hot cross buns as well. Um, but they, they didn't get back to me. Oh. Um, they also say uh, we can't accept product suggestions uh, on the website, I guess, in case people try and sue. Yeah. You know, but if they're listening, I won't. I just want, <laughs> I just want the cream egg Oreo. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to claim the idea. You, you just I want, don't want to any do money. it. I'm like the bloke what invented penicillin. <laughs> I'm not going to like. Just have it. I just I want people, I want the world to have it. Yeah. This isn't about me. Yeah. For God's sake. Um. Yeah, I quite like. Uh, you know, in Haribo, the fried egg Haribo sweets. Get, them, yeah, get, yeah. get one of them into an Oreo. Um, or a cola mm. Oreo. I don't know how the fuck that would work. That would probably taste like shite. For sure. yeah. uh, I'm going to have a little bite of my... This is a, a regular Oreo coated in Cadbury's chocolate, which, as we all know, uh, is the best chocolate. It's the best. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That's fair. Well, that is just heavenly. That is probably the best Oreo <laughs> that, that exists. <laughs> it's so good. Mm. Okay. Uh, there'll be no more eating on this podcast. Sorry about that. But that, that Oreo. Well, no, that was a feature. That was a feature. That's allowed. You do you're, you do the live taste test. Mm, the Cadbury's Oreo is so good. The problem is, sorry, the problem is you only get eight Oreos in a box, which is too few. And that's ridiculous. <laughs> what you want, what you're looking for, is a second box. <laughs> yeah. The solution there. Because in this lemon Oreo, I reckon there probably is. How many grams is this? Uh, 432 grams. Uh, you're probably getting about 50 Oreos in it. How come in the Cadbury's ones I'm getting eight? That is mad. Anyway. Uh, that's all the Oreos I have for you today. Thanks for listening to uh, our Oreo podcast. And we'll see you next week. Oh, now I now I have a weird kind of sickly <laughs> flavor of one third lemon golden cookie Oreo, one third chocolate chip ice cream flavor, and one third Cadbury's chocolate on top of a regular Oreo. My mouth doesn't really know how to react to all that. And now it just tastes like just puke in my mouth, kind of. Were you? Were you? Yeah. Were you not rinsing in between mouthfuls there? No. <laughs> he was rinsing, but it was with an Oreo milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, Natty, pass me a, a, a generic Oreo, please, to wash out the flavor of it takes. I do have a drink to hand, but it is Coca-Cola, so either it'll, you know, rinse the flavor and, and leave me with a clean palate, or all my teeth will simultaneously fall out. Blink. Um... <sighs> Elsewhere in life, Guff, uh, I did in fact go to Cork for. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you went to court. Finally, being uh, brought in for my crimes against 
podcasts. About <laughs> um, time I was held accountable. They're like, on top of being a bad podcast host, you also aren't even there every week. And I was like, that's totally fair. That, no, I went to Cork for the old wrestling, which we'll talk about later in the wrestling guff. But uh, I have to say, I went there before, um, and I, it was just, it was, I don't know what was different about this time, but I think I just, uh, I went to a different part of town, I suppose, and I had some lovely meals. I had a lovely night out. And I thought Cork was a much lovelier city to go to the wrestling in and then, ha- and then have a few socials afterwards than Dublin by a factor of about 10. Because um, it's like nicer and cheaper and has about a third as many people, probably less even. Um, so yeah, big ups for Cork. Uh, I went to a nice place called Son of a Bun uh, for for dinner before before OTT. That was a nice place. I think Paul, you'd like it. I think they I think they're a chain. I don't think they have places in Dublin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some nice. What did I have? I had some nice chicken goujon thingies. Right. Um, it's a delicious sriracha mayo dipping sauce. And I had, what else did I have? I had some variety of big, disgusting bacon cheeseburger uh, that was very, very tasty. And then the morning after, uh, for a cure, uh, I had a brunch. I'm not much of a brunch person, especially this is the kind of place where they kind of just had eggs and avocados and, and like fruit, <laughs> orange and shit. Not where I ever go, right? Not, uh, not where I ever go. No chips. <laughs> Please? <laughs> Uh, now this this seems like a nice establishment you've got here, but I am noticing no children's <laughs> menu. What am I supposed to eat exactly? Um, no, it was a lovely place called the Liberty Grill. Very very tasty. And I tell you what, I actually did feel much better nursing my hangover with like a relatively grease free breakfast and some nice freshly squeezed orange juice. I had a um, I had scrambled eggs on sourdough toast with uh, some fancy black pudding. Um, it was quite tasty. The Liberty Grill, that place is called. Um, yeah, I had a really great time. Cork is lovely. Um, uh, the bars we went to after the show were really, really nice. Um, and yeah, just a really, just a really good time. A uh, nice hotel by the seaside. Seaside? That's not the right word. Nice hotel by the river. Um, <laughs> Riverside. Yeah, my brain's not working today. I've had a very long, tiring weekend. Um, but no, Cork was top. I loved it. Um, and then that's pretty much been it for the old life golf. Uh, Friday night, I did go out in Limerick. I went to the place that was voted to have the number one best pizza in Limerick. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a, pa- it's, to call it a restaurant, it, kind of be generous. It's basically a pub that just also serves pizza. Uh, but it's very well regarded for its pizza. Uh, Cobblestone Joe's it's called in Limerick. And um, it is delicious. Uh, uh, proper kind of, uh, you know, wood-burning, real-deal pizzas. Um, uh, super, super tasty. I posted a picture on Instagram. Great pizza. So I've been eating well, lads. I've been eating well um, uh, this past week. And that's been about it. Quite enough week on my end, other than, other than stuff in my face. Um, and we'll talk about the actual show uh, later. We have, get this, folks, we got two live wrestling reports coming at you this week on, on your your favorite uh, wrestling podcast for, for reviews and takes and opinions up to date takes on on wrestling the chair shop podcast uh, Joe other than other than your trip to the wrestling you got any other life guff um, a bit quieter this week uh, it was a bank holiday here on Monday 
Um, we'd had quite a busy weekend, though, going to the movies, going to Hampton Court, as we spoke about last week. So on Monday, it was very hot. So I all kind of literally just laid on the floor of the flat all day with a <laughs> fan blowing at me. Um, that was pretty much it. Um, but that was that was enjoyable because at least I wasn't hot. And then it rained the day after, so I was relieved. Um, yeah, that, that was it. And then mainly this, this weekend was all wrestling, which we'll cover in depth at the end of the show. Yeah, I made a reservation for... Um, my birthday dinner, which I'll be having. That's why, again, why I won't be here Sunday the 8th, because I'll be in a restaurant eating. Uh, and then I won't be here on the 9th, because I'll be packing, because I'm going away to Killarney on the 10th for a few days for my birthday. I love Killarney. Uh, but yeah, I made a reservation for FX Buckley, which is my favourite steak place in the world. Just above the Bountiful Cow, of course, of London. Um... Ooh, looking forward to having a nice uh, 16 ounce sirloin. Mmm. So doing that next weekend. Speaking speaking of food. So that's it. That's it. All right. Uh, we can move on to the old telly guff. Uh, I finished earlier today season three of Line of Duty. Um, it was great. I bag it. They're three yeah. for three. Tremendous seasons. Um, Three may have been the best, or if if not the best, it certainly peaked. I think the finale was was the best. Um, And I think they're about level um, as as seasons go. I've heard four is is, of a lesser quality, but but still worth watching. Um, Yeah, excellent. Excellent show. Uh, uh, Glad I'm finally getting around to it. Uh, I don't think I've seen anything else this week, though. Uh, What about you guys? What did you think of the, the finale of that episode? I think it was a bit, some people say it was a bit over the top, a bit too crazy. But I thought it, it was great. Was, it, it did go from zero to 60 a little yeah. bit. Um, but no, I, 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 thought, I, I thought it was a bit, I did think it was a bit much, but not in a way that it hindered my enjoyment at all. I thought it was, I, I thought it was uh, pretty perfect. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. Because it, it's, what goes down in the last episode, it's not, quite what that show typically is yeah um, so a little little extra little extra but you know uh, I didn't still think thought it was on silly I didn't think it was silly or sort of unrealistic it was like thrilling yeah thrilling and still it still felt very much in the uh, uh, the context of what the show is yeah but um, yeah, really good. I don't. I don't. Obviously, we, we won't say too much because it's a it's the type of show. It's all on Netflix. You can jump in. I encourage people to binge. And it's not that old as well, so I don't want to be just getting super in depth on the uh, on the spoilers. So yeah, go go enjoy that on the old Netflix if you are a subscriber. Nice. I've been watching the chase because I was down. I was down. That's that in my parents' house, and they just have challenge on constantly, so it's <laughs> pointless to chase. Who wants to be a millionaire from 1998 with the fucking 4x3 ratio? Yeah. Saren's head stretched <laughs> twice his normal width. But we, there was one guy on, and he's this like, older lad, and he had his, like, you know, the the top of his trousers were pulled like up to his just below his nipples and he had the worst like posture his shoulders were all rolled forward and oh man he was so bad 
I don't remember what the last question that he got caught on was, but it was it was something ridiculously easy. And I was like, how did you get on this show with no knowledge of anything? Maybe it's a little bit like um, your X Factor or your American Idol where, you know, they throw a freak on every now and then. One of the, <laughs> the great unwashed just to, to have a good, an old laugh at. Oh, man, he was painfully bad. He was a little bit like, um, a little bit like, not Derek from Ricky Gervais' TV show of ill repute, Derek. But you know Derek from what the original YouTube skit, Derek? Yes, yeah. A little bit like that. He was a little bit like that. Um, He didn't say kindness is magic and he wasn't a little dog or nothing, but he was definitely a... An odd, an odd gentleman. Um, but I do like the chase. I like the uh, the format of it and the kind of the, the big boss level at the end, where you know it, it turns into a boss a boss rush game. Um, yeah, it's fun. A little Bradley, little Bradley Welsh hosting is great. Um, there is a, a US version of the chase that is on challenge every now and then oh i saw that i've seen that once but it's it's uh, and i don't mean to generalize and oh, the uk uk office is better than the us one but uh the us chase is is horrifically bad <laughs> the lady has got like no charisma whatsoever um yeah, yeah it's very by the numbers and very very lame because the, the 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 kind of attraction of the chase at least in the uk is that it's it it's it's a quiz show but and it has the auspices of being like very serious in that, but it's it has this always underlying kind of piss take mentality to it. Yeah, which is what what people enjoy about. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's what I've been watching. I don't think I watched watching. I watched a bit of MTV as well. There was a DJ Khaled, uh, like you know, the life of DJ Khaled. I was watching that a little bit. I don't know why. What? I, I don't. <laughs> so- I don't like. like <laughs> particularly interesting. Like, oh my god! I, I don't. I don't. I couldn't name you a single of his any of his songs. I don't particularly like him, but it was on, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is what I'm watching now. Uh, t- talking about how he came up. One of his albums is called "Father of Ashad," and he's talking about well, you know, that's about not only being the father of this kid, but it's about you know the journey to to, to become a father. <laughs> oh my god. Let's not got two brain cells to rub together. Ah, oh, to start a fire. Anyway, it was it was fun. He's he's a fun character, DJ Khaled. He's alright. Um, did you watch anything yourself, Joe? Yeah, um, nothing crazy. But um, so Michelle and I came to an agreement on Friday because we were, you know, we often try and find things that we both want to watch. Sometimes that's hard because you have to compromise. And she wants to watch one thing, and I want to watch another. So we had a deal where she could pick something that we'd watch, and then I'd pick something. Right. Um, so she picked an episode of Dawson's Creek, um, which is not something I've ever seen before. Joshua Jackson. Is it? Yeah. I'm aware of it, and I know some of the characters' names. So there's Dawson. Yeah, of there's Creek. Dawson's Creek fame. Yeah. I'm not sure if he like... Uh, is named after the creek, or whether his family owned the creek. Oh, I, I always thought that Dawson's Creek was the, the name of the like town it takes place in. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if that's like related to him. Right. Like 
it, it, is his family connected to that somehow? I'm not sure. Maybe I'll find one. We'll keep watching. I'll find out. I don't know. Um, yeah, we watched that. It was quite fun. It was very kind of ninety, late nineties sort of thing. Um, of course, they they do like a sleepover study session at someone's house, uh, and of course, the house is fucking enormous. Uh, <laughs> Olympic sized swimming pool out the back, as in all of these American TV shows. Everyone is not just well off, but fucking stinking rich. Um, so that was funny, but it, it, it was good. It was fun. It was a fun show. Not as good as the OC, but. I wouldn't mind watching another one if you know we had nothing else to watch. Yeah. So that was good. So we watched that, and then I my choice was uh, a two and a half hour OSW review of a SummerSlam 1993. So she learned a lesson. If you're going to get a, pick something, pick something really long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you just beat yeah. her through attrition, basically. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. By the way, I watched a lot of TV this week that I just forgot to mention. Um, whenever I'm down at my parents' house, I have a, like a Father Ted DVD that I just have sitting by like the TV in, in my bedroom. She's the always office. there. So it's there because whenever whenever I'm there for some reason before bed, it's kind of like my little thing is I'll put on an episode of Father Ted. But I've kind of exhausted the Father Ted episodes now, so I wanted to, I wanted to move to something else. Eighteen of them or so. There's not there's not very many. That's the point. Uh, so I watched like the final. I think two that I hadn't seen recently. So I've kind of seen them all. They're all too fresh in my mind now. So I said, okay, what can I move on to that will give Dirty me, girls. that'll give me the satisfaction of like a father, Ted, that the episodes are, are instantly rewatchable, no matter how many times I've seen. And that's very funny. So of course the answer was a season three of the Simpsons. Um, Ooh. I'll tell you what a fucking show. That show is so, Goddamn good. <laughs> good isn't it? Fresh take on CSP, never before heard. <laughs> <laughs> but I love watching, like the especially the older Simpsons, where it's not a show about you know wacky circumstance, but it's it's, it's just about family dynamics. Like a good maybe five episodes in the, in, in a row in the middle of it are like. Bart and Homer, you know, Homer is doesn't take interest in Bart, and so he has he's afraid he's going to lose him. Uh, Homer and Lisa fall, at least to the Greek, where she's predicting the scores. So you have two episodes in a row that are about him and the kids, and then you have I Married Marge, which is again showing how they kind of got married and so on. And it's great; like these early episodes are very funny, but they're very heartfelt, and they're they're very much about how families can kind of have these issues and can, and can break down, but can ultimately kind of, you know, come together. And that's like the, 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 the theme of the entire season. <laughs> and then, you know, it actually made me a little bit sad when I came to the realization, because I do sometimes forget where I was like, fuck, this show is still on TV, but it's, it's almost unre- it, it almost isn't like, to me, it's yeah, like, well, um, this, yeah. you know, a picture in my head, the Wikipedia article. The Simpsons was an American TV show which ran from nine seasons yeah. from 1989 to 1998, uh, at which point a spin-off show of the same name began. Um, <laughs> I watched, um, you know, that YouTube video the fella did. It's, I can't remember what it's called. The Death, Death of the Simpsons or something. Right. It, I, I was going to just say... I, I, because Paul's, I've never seen Paul's this, comparison. So 
Walt's comparison there is used in the exact video. Was it the Irish guy, Joe? Super Eyepatch yeah. Wolf? Super Wolfie Man. That's the one. He, he basically, Paul, uses that exact same premise for his opening, that they are, they are two completely different shows of the same name. All right, I've, I've never watched this, so I don't know what this video it's is. It's very good. It's very concise and it's very good. He just released another one two weeks ago. Uh, called the bizarre modern reality of the Simpsons, which is really, really, really good as well. Where he kind of goes into what the Simpsons has become in terms of memes, in terms of um, yeah, social media and stuff like that, which is really, really interesting. So yeah, I'd watch watch that as well. Well, I think what um, would be interesting to see is if someone were to make uh, a running list of of each episode and maybe what the 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 two or three most prevalent themes or or kind of not not specific stories, but kind of the theme of what the main story or the main plot in the episode is, mm. uh, and track that versus like today. So, for example, again in Lisa the Greek, where you have, you know, Lisa is pr- is predicting the football scores so that she and Homer can spend time together. Homer yeah. unwittingly is, is is spending time with her, but is really using her for financial gain. At which point the football season runs out and and problems begin. You know. You compare something yeah. like that, if you were to look at that in, in any kind of in-depth way, versus, and I know I'm, I'm picking the extreme side of the, the spectrum here, but uh, Lady Gaga comes to, Sims, comes to Springfield in a Lady Gaga oh. train, and the whole episode that is about Lady Gaga. One, that is the last episode I ever watched. You know, like, it's, it, that was as you saw. said, a completely, a completely different show. Not only, you know, people say, well, it's still funny, whatever, well, it's not only about being funny or not funny, it's... It, totally and thematically a completely different show so i'm watching season three anyway it's 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 fucking brilliant it's probably the best show i've ever ever watched and ever will watch yeah so yeah that's the simpsons still good simpsons season three review what is it 2019 right on time uh, we can segue here into the game golf, I reckon. Yes. Uh, not much by way of new games for me, although there was a, a stealth out of nowhere release of Hotline Miami 1 and 2 on Switch. Yeah. Uh, Hotline Miami 1 being one of my favorite games of all time. 2, pretty good. Not quite that level. Uh, so I bought that again. It's great. It runs great. It looks great. It still looks and sounds and plays tremendously. It's just as good a place as any to pick that game up if you haven't before. Uh, it's extremely twitchy and fast-paced and difficult, and I am quite good at it on PS4, but getting used to playing it in handheld mode is... Uh, it takes some getting used to. It added a little bit of extra challenge as someone who's played it a lot because my, my aggressive, twitchy movements when you're holding the screen can be a little disorienting. Mm. Um but yeah, really phenomenal. You know, another place you could own like one of the best games ever. So that's good. But other than that, I haven't. Uh, I have not been playing much. Um, have you played Ape Out on Switch yet? I own it. I have not yet played it. Okay, I think you'll enjoy that a lot. Yeah, I. I, I don't know what's taking me that long. I'll get to it eventually. Um, I'm still playing Assassin's Creed's uh, DLC. I'm about twelve hours into it now. Enjoying that a lot, although it does that one thing that I don't like that a lot of DLCs do, where it introduces um, like obscenely overpowered enemies. So the game does become a little bit of a slog in that sense, but it, it, there's a new area to explore and new stuff to do, so I'm enjoying that. Um, but I played a different kind of game, games, this week, uh, card games. 
<laughs> so again, I mentioned I was down at my parents' house. So we got a group of people together. We were playing Uno. And we were playing poker. That is Texas Ooh. Hold'em. So I taught Natty to play poker for the first time this week. She Every time we play poker, I'm like, do you want to play? And she's like, well, you, never, you still haven't taught me how to do it, so I can't play. So I sat down and went through the rules with her and the various hands. And then we played a game of poker. And uh, funny enough, right? This was, again, her first time ever playing. It was just her, myself, and my brother initially. And then my dad was playing with us afterwards. Uh, I was the first eliminated. Madly. Uh, I didn't win. I, I'm, not, I'm not super good at poker, to be honest. Uh, I didn't win either game. Uh, but I did win the Uno. I'm a very good Uno player. <laughs> not so good at poker. Which More yeah. skill in Uno than poker. Uh, not as financially lucrative, though. Well, no, but unless you win the, the Uno World Championship. Mm, I don't know if I'm that good. But, uh, yeah, we play Uno with the, the correct scoring rules. So after each yeah. hand, you get points for whatever cards you have left in your hand. And it's like first to 350, and then whoever's the low score wins. So I won, so I was very happy with that. Um, yeah, I don't know, in recent years, I've kind of become someone who is really into those those kind of card games or, or board games. Like, uh, my, with my birthday coming up, I asked Natty, for my, as my gift, if, if I could get some, some new board game that we could play <laughs> whenever I'm down. Whenever I'm down there, so let's see what, see what, see what I get. Excited for a different board game because, of course, I've, I've you know played Monopoly, Scrabble, Cluedo, all the all the classics, chess, and that. So I'm excited for a new a new board game. So that's the game go for the week. Do we want to talk about What's some the- movies? Yes, yeah. Uh, we got some uh, Tarantino guff this week. Uh, I saw that new one. I saw the new Tarantino. Yeah. The Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he well, called it. Joe, Joe and I talked about it last week, so I'm interested in to see... Extensive review last week. I'm interested to see your take. Uh, okay. Uh, long. bit long, isn't it? bit long. <laughs> uh, nothing really happens in it. Uh, Did you listen to the show last week? This is sounding very familiar. <laughs> uh, don't really know what Margot Robbie's character was supposed to be, other than pretty lady with nice feet. Um, Dirty feet, if anything. Uh, kind of like kind of a red herring, but that's like the most pointless red herring ever because what's the red herring something might happen in this movie oh fucking wrecked um <laughs> I, I i did enjoy a, a lot of it it's it it has that 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 tarantino coolness about it uh leonardo DiCaprio was great in it um pride pitt's great and everything um it's it is it is memorable in its own kind of ways i feel like Tarantino has never really made a really boring movie because even something like this that I feel is quite long and quite ponderous and and uh, um, it, it, it's kind of deliberately pointless. I don't mean pointless in, in the traditional sense. Like it is kind of a meandering character-driven movie rather than a plot-driven movie. So so there, there's a lot of positives about it, but I just thought it was too long and I, I, I was quite bored actually for a significant portion of it. Um, but not, you know, not a disaster. With, with the old, with the polite three stars on the old letterbox, I 
enjoyed it well enough. But uh, I don't think I think it would benefit from rewatches, but it's too long for me to consider rewatching it anytime soon. So uh, so yeah, I uh, yeah I, I probably near the bottom of the Tarantino pile for me. I think that's all three of us fairly aligned <laughs> with our thoughts on the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I I think I liked it more than Barry did. I think I went a seven on it, but um, I I don't I can't disagree with any of your points, especially the the red herring one you brought up because her character kind of not not to spoil anything here, but her character only exists really to set something up, and that's her only really reason to be in the film is well she's a character because this thing X later in the film. We as an audience have to believe believe that that's where the film is going. You know, it's not like her character has anything interesting to do during the film. She just wanders around, goes to the cinema at one point. Um, so I, I, uh, I, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I kind of thought, in some ways, it 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 was like, um, he, you know, Tarantino probably wanted to goad people into thinking he was going to make a movie about the murder of Sharon Tate, but he sort of her character in this film is kind of almost uh, kind of preserved the positives of her as a person and she's kind of shown as this kind of good-natured person in a in a in a shitty town um full of arseholes mm. you know cuz she's so gleeful in, in seeing herself on the big screen and stuff like that but again that's not that's not much to chew on for a near 3 hour long movie um, I think yeah. if they had given her more to do that I would have felt a little bit more um, maybe tension in the movie because because you don't spend much time with Sharon Tate and you know in your heart of hearts that this film is about the Sharon Tate murders uh, that if you spent more time with the character uh, and had more of a connection to her you might feel something more towards the end of the film as opposed to her being a completely, you know, tertiary cameo, almost, of sorts. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we, Joe and I spoke about it, but... Uh, yeah, we're all... We're all th- there, were, there, were, there were bits that the audience and myself loved. Um, but yeah, especially the start. I think, like, the first 45 minutes, I just was... I was like... Here we go, Tarantino. And then five minutes later, saying, okay, here we go. And then after 45 minutes, I was like, oh, man. Uh, I don't know if I even like this film. <laughs> I don't know if I even like it. And then some stuff happened later that was more enjoyable. But, uh, mm. yeah. Um, speaking of Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs was on the TV yesterday. Traditional. It was on Dave, of all channels, <laughs> to have Reservoir Dogs on. Well, that kind of makes sense. Well, in between QI and Top Gear reruns. <laughs> a, a <lot> of <laughs> yeah, you, hang on, you like all of these things. Are you sure Dave is perfect for you? you. <laughs> I know, I just mean, you know, Dave, I always think of primarily being like kind of a comedy channel, isn't it? It's funny. It's, uh, funny witty, ba- witty banter. Witty, so, witty banter channel. All right, fair enough then. Like, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a lad's channel, and that's a laddish movie. Yeah, I I think you're it's, right. It's Men and Motors reinvented. I stand corrected. Yeah, well, Men and Motors had a lot of nice boobies on it, so don't get that. <laughs> Hello, uh, late night lonely teenager Pug Griffin tab. 
Um, <laughs> Why is Mrs. Doubtfire watching? Hello! Hello! <laughs> oh. oh, it's a show about oh, tits. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Funnily enough, that's what I say every time uh, I orgasm is hello! Um, right. Don't ever say orgasm again, by the way. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's orgasm. Excuse my pronunciation. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Speaking of, what do you call it when a pirate comes? Um, so, Reservoir Dogs. I have a controversial take on Reservoir Dogs. I'm going to make a criticism of Reservoir Dogs. I think Reservoir Dogs brilliant. Uh, might be, might be my favorite Tarantino. Certainly in the top three. Certainly in the top three. I don't think that Tim Roth is any good in it though. He's just very screechy. The whole movie from the from the start where he's in the car. I'm fucking dying. I'm fucking dying here. It's just that for the whole. He's got no like. Subtlety to his performance. He's got the most annoying voice in the whole film. During the entire film, he's real annoying sounding, at least when he's dying. Um, and yeah, I, I on this rewatch, I've always kind of thought of Reservoir Dogs being practically perfect uh, in almost every way. But this time, I was like, "Fuck, I don't know." Tim Roth is very annoying in this film. Um, everyone else is brilliant in it. Chris Penn, especially. Kaitel. <laughs> Buscemi, they're all great. Reservoir Dogs is great. It's so so good. Michael Masden as well. He's he's brilliant in it. But Tim Roth, I think, is a little bit shit in it. I have to say. So that's my Reservoir Dogs review. Fair enough. I like Tim Roth in Pulp Fiction, so it's not an anti-Tim Roth thing. I just don't like his performance in Reservoir Dogs at all. Where's Tim Roth these days? Uh, well, he was in that Hulk film a decade ago. Yeah, a decade ago. He's doing the Tin Man or whatever it's called. Oh, yeah, he does the... He was on, well, he did Lie to Me as well on Sky One, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but that was also... A diff, that was before Hulk, it might have been. Uh, possibly. That, but, that, that TV show is old. Okay, let's see what Tim Roth yeah. has done recently. Yeah, that was 2009. It's just <laughs> because was, when you, when you were mentioning... Before the show Madden, him, him in um, uh, fucking... Uh, what movies you just show? Pulp Fiction. I was like, oh yeah, Tarantino does recycle a lot of the same actors. I was like, mm. well, where's Tim Roth? Although to be fair, I mean, he has in the last couple of years moved on. You know, um, he's moved on from you know a, a lot of actors, and he's got new favorites now. Yeah, well, he was in Hateful Eight, Tim Roth. So was he? Yeah. yeah. I saw that movie once, and that was also very long and kind of dull, and I thought it was just all right. No, I I like Hateful Eight a lot. It's great. I I would actually rewatch it because I remember it being really great in the second half. But uh, yeah. yeah, it is long though. I grant you that. Uh, are we happy to move on to emails? Absolutely, go for it. What? I don't have any. Uh, let me see here. I got one from Will. Hmm. He says. I'm a fan of both these guys. M- Sorry, the title is uh, MGF versus Riddle. MGF sold me on his character in one promo, and Riddle's story of meeting Goldberg is great. Which of the... This is an interesting question. Which Because they're two completely different guys. Which of the two w- do you think would be a bigger star? Mm. That's an interesting question. Uh, did you guys see the Riddle-Goldberg thing, by the way? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was funny. I like Riddle. Um, but do you do you think Riddle just being so aloof and being Riddle will get his own way eventually? <laughs> Possibly. Specifically, being in WWE where you can't just go on Twitter high as hell and just talk about how you'd beat up Chris Jericho. <laughs> um, as great as that is, they're a very stuffy, lame company, you know. So, I think they're different in the sense that I think MJF has got like this great character down that he's all he's obviously very good at portraying. Um, whereas Matt Riddle is is weird because he's almost like naturally a character himself you know like, like i don't believe when i watch mjf that he's actually like that per se but when you watch matt riddle come in and his flip-flops come bro that's what he is like <laughs> that is him so whether that translates to, translates to stardom necessarily excuse me i don't know um i i prefer riddle of the two but in terms of what makes a star may, maybe mjf has the has more of that intangible than Riddle does. Riddle yeah, does I... have the UFC f- factor, though. The fact that um, he probably could kick the shit out of Chris Jericho. Should have come to that. Although Chris Jericho could do that spinning elbow he does. I thought I thought the one he did this weekend was a little, a little bit better looking than the last few. I'll say that much. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Um, but yeah, MJF's an interesting one. Um, I really like him. I think he's obviously very funny, and his his heel stuff is great. But I think his heel stuff is great in a way that kind of feels like a little bit preliminary. As a, as a, do you know what I mean? Like 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 everyone boos him and hates him, but it is kind of in a jokey kind of way. Do you know what I mean? Well, I don't get what they're doing with him in AEW, where he's like Cody Rhodes' friend. Yeah, I I feel like that's that's a slow burn leading to a turn. I feel like it can't it can't just be this. It's very odd. It is weird. I, I I'm not a big but, fan of it. But, but why does it need to lead to a turn when he started as a heel anyway? Well, that's the thing. He's a heel, so how can this be a slow burn heel turn? I think it's come a bit too early. Like he's not really done enough as a heel yet to be coming like a quasi baby face yeah. unless their thing is Shades, unless it all stems from the fact Shades of grey well not, not even that but just I they wanted the concern after the chair shot to come off as realistic so they had so, so they yeah they had a heel come from the back because he's real life friends with Cody or whatever you know that mm. kind of thing um, but anyway, but then the thing is, me as a viewer, for instance, I don't know. I didn't know that he was friends with Cody, so that just kind of muddles the message to people like me. And I suppose it's actually it's not even a real life thing. That's a, it's a being the elite thing. I suppose more than a, a real life thing. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, two inch, two very interesting cases. I, I, I think I think MGF's definitely going to be a star to a certain extent. Whether or not he's a top level guy, I think I think we, we have yet to. He's also very very young, uh, so that's. That's fine. Uh, thanks for your email, uh, Will. That's the one I have. Uh, it's actually from last week, so I got around to it eventually. Uh, if there's no other mails, we could probably move on. Okay. What do you want to do next? Well, I have a feature, and I'm still wondering what way we should do it, whether it should be like how we do our quizzes typically, or should this be something that we open up to the audience Okay. and have it be a quiz for them? 
we we spitballed the idea of doing it a few weeks ago, but I, I've actually done it. It's songs of Rays, like Ray Mysterio and Ray Phoenix. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Uh, so I've cut up songs, bits of songs, to say the catchphrase of a wrestler. And I guess what the listeners will have to do, we'll open up to listeners. I don't know, maybe we can sort you out some kind of prize or something if you win. Uh, I don't know how many songs there are. Hang on. It's probably about six songs, or thereabouts, right? Um, so I'll queue it up now. Give me a second here. I'm very excited. I'm very excited for this. This is this is producer Paul just putting a shit ton of effort in. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Okay, you ready? I only got a couple of songs now. I'm going to listen again. Hang on, hang on. That's very good. I like that. Yeah. So we're allowed to say what the phrase is, I imagine. The phrase is, that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. Excellent. I See, now, I like the idea of throwing that out to the fans, but we don't have anything to give away. Also, they don't email us ever. <laughs> well, they can... Mm, we're only going to... Yeah, we do, we do it by email to force people to go to the website and email us. Yeah. Uh, and no, we can do something. Like, give, give them. I might. Uh, I, I. Are you going to OTT next week? Yeah, of course. Uh, maybe we'll. We, 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 we can give people a month of OTT on demand, or a month of New Japan World, or something. Like that. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Or yeah, wor- say- worst comes to worst, I have a load of old tat in my house that I can give away. Well, yeah, we'll figure. We'll figure something out. Yeah, I've got a, a bunch of this is a, listeners. This is our pilot. Okay, so. If you were able to identify all of the songs, or most of them, um, email in with what they were, and if you win, if, if more than one person if more than one person enters and they get it all, we'll pick somebody randomly and we'll give you some kind of prize. How about that? And yeah, and, and he says get them all. If you don't get all of them, just email in if you have a couple of them, and we'll. You know, I, I don't think I don't think they're that difficult. The songs, to be fair. I haven't picked very obscure songs. They should be songs that people recognize. Okay, so that's our new Sounds feature, good. Songs of Rays. So again, we're looking for the artists. You don't need the name, names of the songs, just the artists. Email them in. That's You go to chairshotpodcast.com uh, and you click on email. Or you can go to chairshotpodcast.com slash email. And send us an email with the six or so artists. And if you win, we'll send you a prize. There you go. Six or so. I don't know. Much, okay, it's... That's that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold... It's, 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 it's eight songs. That's <laughs> too many. That is a lot. That's a lot, but that's fine. Yeah. Television. Uh, so there you go. So, I think I got two of those. You got two, Barry? Did you get many? Uh, I got three, I think. Okay, well, Barry wins this week's. Yay! I, I got five. I, I, oh, Joe wins. 
I win a prize to be determined. <laughs> um, so we've loads of wrestling to talk about. Let me just get quickly out of the way. Um, NXT TV from this week with uh, a match that people should go out of the way to see. Keith Lee against uh, Donovan, or he's not called Donovan anymore, Donovan Dijak. Whatever his fucking stupid new name is, that, that to this day, I don't think I know a single person who regularly gets it right on the regular. It's Dijakovic is the surname, but I don't know what his first name is. It's not Donovan anymore. What does he call him? Dominic. Now? Dominic. They, they dropped, Dominic, Dominic, Dominic okay. Dijakovic. Okay. Uh, they had a fucking hell of a match. Um, go out of your way to see it if you haven't. Uh, let's just say, like, Dijakovic is like six foot eight or some shit, right? He's fucking enormous. And Keith Lee is like 300 pounds plus. And they did a fucking Spanish fly off the top. Jesus. I'll say that much. Um, a, a stellar match. Probably one of my favorite matches of the year. Um, definitely worth your, your, your while to see. Uh, and a really good match with the Street Profits and, un- and Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team titles as well. It's mad that we just had um, an NXT TakeOver recently because these were, these were two matches that were TakeOver quality on the same, you know, one-hour TV show. So, a very, very good week of NXT TV. Uh, and then apart from that, yeah, we have four four full shows that we're going to talk about, I guess. Um Two of which were attended in person by Barry and Joe. I haven't been to any wrestling. Yeah, this let's week. Uh, let's let's do the live uh, stuff last. Okay. Uh, um, I and I think we should main event with with New Japan because I'm interested to hear that that went. Uh, <laughs> starting in order of least importance, did anyone watch NXT UK Takeover Cardiff? Yes, I watched all three shows this weekend. In their wow, day. fucking hell! I so I have only watched all out. I've only watched all out. Okay, well, you better get your chair and sit down here, Barry. I think NXT TakeOver, uh, NXT UK TakeOver is probably my favorite show of the weekend. Wow! Oh, now, I, I, I did oh, see babe. people you, go... I did. <laughs> uh, Joe disgusted at that take. I did well, see people... <laughs> I, I would have been disgusted at that take, Barry, if you told me that last week. I saw people going ape for that main event. That, well, that main event was definitely the match of the week. Walter, Walter and Tyler Bate had a, I would say, Walter Devlin style and Walter Devlin level match. It, it was tremendous. Oh, interesting. Um, I watched Royal Quest last, and I think it suffered a, a little bit just by me being burnt out on 11 hours of wrestling. But Royal Quest was great as well. I think All Out was actually the weakest of the three by quite a distance. Um, so talk quickly about UK TakeOver, I guess. I, I'm, I'm the only one who watched it, I suppose, then. Um, so it had uh, Travis Banks against um, Noam Dar in a very bland, forgettable match. You had... In in what turned out to be a, a cracker, a little cracker of a match, Cesaro's open challenge was answered by uh, Ilya Dragunov, and they had a great little match. Yeah, I didn't see anyone guess Dragunov uh, when when Cesaro announced he was uh, he he was jumping. 
yeah. uh, to NXT UK. But that's a, that's a great match on paper. It w- it was great. It was very very great. Uh, you had a match that I laughed and made fun of last week: uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans against Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster and Gallus Wolfgang and Joe and Mark Coffee, not Joe Coffee, as as is written on Figure Four. Uh, wrestlingonline.com uh, this match was fucking great as well <laughs> it was really really great uh, everything you'd expect from an NXT three way tag team match from like the US when you got here it was crazy full of you know high pace and, and, and great spots it was brilliant uh, and in the biggest surprise of the show Joe Coffey and Dave Mastiff had a really fun last man standing match that I expected to be boring shite. Yeah, Coffey's weird because like he is talented, but I, I feel like he never really wows me. Uh, Dave Mastiff even less so. Uh, but they had a really fun match. Yeah, the finish was a bit a bit shit, but the match itself was actually really good fun. Um, I don't like when they do last man standing finishes where. Rather than beating their opponents so badly that they can't get up, they do something like here, where they were they were they both fell off the stage through tables and they're climbing up against those kind of you know transport crates that they use. And Joe Coffee like kicked it and because it had wheels on it and it cut, massive just like fell down and lost. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of lame. Stupid, <laughs> stupid. Anyway, but the match the match was really fun. Um, Kaylee Ray beat Tony Storm for the women's title in a match that was it was okay. Uh, and then uh, Walter and Tyler Bate had a an outstanding 42-minute main event. 42? Jesus Christ. It was extremely good. One of my favorite matches of the year, without doubt. Uh, so NXT TakeOver, NXT UK TakeOver, went from a show that I was actively making fun of. I had no interest in watching. The only reason that I actually watched it was because um, I bought the New Japan uh, stream through Fight TV, and that stream was unwatchable dog shit. Mm. So, I heard this. So we, I watched NXT UK Takeover instead because we have a network subscription. Um, and I also heard the VOD as of this morning for New Japan was also shite. That's also true, Barry. Um, now, I, you know me, Barry. I'm not a man who likes to you know, part with my money when it comes to the wrestling. I paid... No, well, I tell you what. The Fight TV offerings this weekend were, were fucking outrageous price-wise. I, um, I paid the pricey sum of 20 Europeans for the privilege to watch uh, New Japan's Royal Quest pay-per-view, knowing that my good mate Joe would be there and that we'd be talking about it. And that, anyway, that I am now a New Japan snob anyway. Uh, so, a few problems with the stream. Uh, it just would keep, like, not buffering, but the, like, uh, Fight TV logo would keep coming up going, uh, connecting to stream or whatever. Um, which is still present in the VOD. So, it wasn't a problem of, like, the internet connection. It was a problem between Fight TV and New Japan. Uh, also, and this is also present in the VOD, up until, as far as I'm aware, now, uh, the audio is out of sync by about a second and a half. Oh. So that, that makes that makes wrestling unwatchable. It's practically unwatchable. You hear what happens before you see it, and that's cannot be. Um, 
And yeah, generally, and, and the the audio was terrible. The the commentators you couldn't hear, they weren't present for the first match, and then they were talking during the show about like my headset's gone, like, I can't hear anything. It was like really really rinky dink stuff that I wouldn't have expected from a New Japan uh, show in 2019. Um, now luckily Joe was there, so this isn't something that he would experience. But in terms of somebody watching it remotely, it was a horrendous experience to the point that, as I said. I think two and a half matches in, because um, the New Japan started at half five, and TakeOver started at seven. So about about an hour in, I, I was like, look, this is just unwatchable. And I turned this off, I'll come back and watch TakeOver instead. Now, the TakeOver stream was impeccable throughout. As it always is, more or less. As it more or less always is. Um, and I watched New Japan then on on the VOD once, that, once, once the show had ended. Um, but yeah. A lucky, a lucky mistake that led to me watching uh, a really, really unexpectedly great show. Uh, now, I still have no interest in watching any NXT UK TV. Uh, That's going to be my question. <laughs> no, um, but this was, you know, infinitely better than the original Takeover Blackpool or wh- wherever it was from. This one was closer to the level of of a US Takeover. In fact, I think it was better than the last US Takeover. I do want to check out the main event. Um, might not bother with the rest of the show, though. Um, I would say, if you're going to do that, it, at least check out the, the cesaro Dragovich match. Dragon, uh, Dragunov. Excuse me. Because that match was also great. But that main event's definitely, if you're going to watch one match, that's the one to watch. So uh, that was NXT. I probably I probably will get to it because I have heard great things. You're not the only person to praise it so thoroughly, so I, I probably will get to it at some point. Um, <laughs> I really didn't. I really didn't expect to, to be honest, and I have no reason to. It was just that. I don't, I don't think anyone did. I don't think <laughs> I, you know the the show is cold in general. The TV show. I mean, that's yeah. that's fair. Um, but then again, so is like regular NXT TV. So you know. Anyway, <laughs> and that had a great match as well this week. Mm. Uh, let's talk about AEW uh, All Out, which came from the Chicago Sears Center. Um, uh, I thought uh, we'll start with the pre-show. This is probably the best pre-show they've done um, so far. Not a not a lot of stupid comedy. Yeah, um, which is all right. The Battle Royale had some good moments. They had a good roster. I think that was probably the most impressive thing about it was that they had a nice little collection of names, especially in the second half. But ooh, baby, first half of this match. I, th- I thought I, it, I thought this match was pretty pretty horrible, to be honest. Yeah, they, it was really ugly. Lots of like really terrible non-eliminations. Uh, she wasn't in there for very long, and I understand she's very green, but Roddy Piper's daughter... <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> And she came off so well in that, like, they did a profile of her in the Road 2 series. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is a nice story. And she seems like a nice person. And, you know, it's, it's, it's good. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. She was in the, she, she did, like, three spots. And they were all, they were not good. Um, uh, I liked that the final person in the match was Mercedes Martinez. I don't know if she signed or what, but she looks like the best person in the match. Yeah. 
um, and she's great and she's been around forever and I don't know if there's other reasons as to why she wasn't signed but the fact that WWE didn't scoop her up after the Mae Young Classic is insane to me um, but yeah I think she'd be a great asset to AEW who I think overall have a really strong division to their credit yeah um, the match was run was won rather by Nyla Rose uh, and for those not keeping score, uh, this was to determine one half of the women's title match on the first episode of AEW TV. So the first episode of TV is going to crowd the first women's champion. Um, going to throw out some some booking criticism here to kick things to to you know as we approach AEW television. One, they pointed out a commentary that like, this is the first match Nyla Rose has won in the company. Yeah, um, to do with the winning and losing matters. Yeah, and did you notice they had uh, win loss records on the graphics for the matches during the entrances? I did. Yeah, so they are there. I mean, like I was going to say, the presentation of Nyla Rose has been really great so far, but she hasn't won prior to this, and this is a battle royal, and uh, one of the losses last time was to Rio, who, as they pointed out later, is ninety two pounds. Um, she's an absolutely teeny tiny little woman. Um. Uh, and anyway, but that's 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 you know it's, they have not for a company that that's putting a lot of steam into this women's division and is claiming they're going to have booking that matters and wins and losses that matter. That's that's a bit of a red flag right away. So I'll say that much. Um, the other match on the pre-show was Angelico and Jack Evans versus Private Party. Um, right. And I thought this was great. Another another cracking Private Party all action match. Yeah, they're a little bit raw, but this match was a lot of fun. I yeah, I thought the same thing too. Um, yeah, the uh, uh, but the match was good, and Helico and Evans turned heel after the match, which I think is probably the right call. I feel yeah. like they don't have a whole lot of heel teams; they only have the Dark Order, really. I um, think Jack Evans and Angelica are better as heels, anyway. They kind of have that attitude about them, especially Jack Evans. Yeah, Jack. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Jack Evans, especially in modern times, he really, he really comes off like he he does the arrogant thing very well. Yeah. Did it in Lucha Underground? Uh, yeah. So uh, that was a good match, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and there was also a very Lucha Underground vignette for a guy who looked like Mason Ryan. Yes, Wardlow. An absolutely horrendous name. (laughs) Change it to Warlord. Why not? Um, And then that was the end of the pre-show, which meant, of course, Jim Ross come out, and now is time for our (laughs) monthly discussion about Jim Ross on AEW. Well, quite frankly, folks, I think if you're going to go for the cover, you got to hook the far leg, not only <laughs> not only the near leg, because, you know, I had a meeting just before the show where they explained to me that they're going for this sports uh, type of presentation. You know, you know, Jim, if they're going to, you know, for example, if they're going to try and do a pin, you got to make sure that, that, you know, they're pushing the shoulders down. That So I'm going to mention that every single time someone kicks out, uh, I, don't, I don't give no credit to no wrestlers for uh, being able to kick out of a move. No, it's always because the opponent didn't do the pin, pin and predicament correctly. Jim Ross was fucking dreadful at this show. Uh, I think you're the worst he's been. No, all he did was talk about people kicking out of moves bad. No, no, no. Fight for the Fallen was his worst. He was terrible on the last show. Uh, Now, I I thought he was good on the show, but I will 
I think your criticism is fair, and I think he needs to get over this thing about the pinfalls. My fucking god! Again, the strength of the commentator is you got you got to make your peace with what the modern style is, and and if guys are too prior, you know, too busy doing moves to do pins, even if we can all agree that's perhaps stupid and they should be doing more pins, you shouldn't be pointing it out. And it, and it's it's one thing if he points it out in one match, like he pointed it out in Kenny Omega uh, uh, versus Pac. He's like Kenny Omega is not not you know uh, capitalizing, uh, right? It's like well, that's kind of the story. Kenny Omega, he hasn't he's not picking up wins. He's kind of on the downturn at the moment. Like that's fine. But when you when you're doing it in every match, at that point, yes, you're just pointing out the kind of the 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 standard of the basics of the wrestling uh, in this promotion is in question at that point. Your job is to get the wrestlers over, not to point out that they're all not able to do pins properly. Yeah. Oh my uh, god. No offense, this is, we're, we're, we're making history here and we're changing the business, but uh, half of these cunts need to go back to school, to be quite honest. <laughs> uh, and while you're at it, learn to hit the ropes. Um, but yeah, so I, no, I, in general, I thought he, 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 he had a bit more energy and he was getting into it and, you know, a lot of matches on this show weren't his style of match. I still think he was getting into it, but I can, I can still see the criticism of him. I do not think he's, um, I do not think he's great. I'll just uh, say I spent the near four-hour runtime of this pay-per-view just doing Jim Ross impressions uh, for every little thing you do there. Normally, to watch wrestling with my God. Well, uh, we we got to do a, the on-camera bit now, X. So I'm not sure which camera I'm supposed to look. I'm just going to hold this bit of paper here. And stroke oh it and look slightly off camera while you guys talk. Hey, oh, hey that was that was that was one improvement we did not have for the first time in this company's history. We did not have a. Uh, 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 I, I don't know what's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot smoother. Uh, the production. It was a, yeah, it was. The normal double or nothing. Yeah, they 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 are slowly but surely finding their feet production wise, which is good. They had I, I don't I unless I'm mistaken, I don't think there was any missed shots or anything. The battle royal was a little messy, but that's because it was a messy match. Yeah. Um, oh, not to go back, I forgot to mention this. I really don't want to shit on that match too much, but like um, Shazza McKenzie, who's been wrestling forever, um, and I've seen her have good matches. God, she was bad. She was in the she's in the ring for about. 30 seconds and she did one cool move and then some anyway I, <laughs> um, I tell you what though on the commentary subject um, they signed Tony Schiavone which which was you know big news yeah. I didn't realize they have also signed Golden Boy um, right. okay. of esports fame and he was on this show now he he had a vibe about him a little bit of the and this is my my, my problem with, with the three man boots. He felt like that third WWE guy where you kind of forgot he was there mm. at times and then and then when he piped up he didn't have the best contributions ever. But I will say, much like when he when he did that first show, he's he's way better than you might expect and he really seems like someone who's who's way into it. Yeah, I thought it was alright. But I don't know what I don't know why you need three. I don't know why you need three. Uh, yeah. Um, so will we move on there to the actual uh, show? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the opener was a boy and his dinosaur and Marco Stunt. I really don't like that they've added Marco Stunt to the the act. I think it dilutes it a little bit. Um, they took on SCU in a in a fun opener. 
Yeah, yeah because it's it's funny when they do the boy and the dinosaur thing. It's good, but then they bring in Marco stunt, and he actually does look like a little boy. So it kind of ruins. It's it, yeah. It's funny that Jungle Boy looks like a giant next to Marco stunt. Yeah, um, which maybe that's why. Mad. Maybe they're trying to make Jungle Boy look bigger. Yeah, it's 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 a weird dynamic because the big small dynamic is what works. But Marco Stunt is smaller, but Jungle Boy's way better, <laughs> I think. Um, uh, has way more upside as as an actual mm-hmm. um, a star. And Luchasaurus was tremendous. Oh, in this he's great. Uh, doing all kinds of cool stuff and looking like a badass. Um, he's yeah. great. He's, uh, he's the new Undertaker. Really? Oh, big, big words here from, <laughs> from, from Joe. He's going to go undefeated at... Uh, Double or nothing or whatever, I guess, ends up yeah. being there, WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm surprised SCU won this match. Um, I reckon they, they'll... I, perhaps they will be, like, players in the tournament. Like, maybe they'll go towards the finals since they're the tenured team. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Mm. Good match. I know, I still no real details on that tournament. Uh, they did the match for the bye later, but we got no... We didn't get any names or any brackets, but I guess you know, te- television is still a way off. Mm. Uh, Kenny Omega versus Pac. Uh, I thought this was really good. good uh, I was surprised by the finish, uh, but yeah, I thought they worked a, a, a decent clip, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, I, I like the finish actually. Um, I know that he's done that, done that submission. Uh, so this was in WWE actually, but uh, I've, I've never seen it done this kind of crucifix style. And I mean, if they're going for this sports style presentation to have a, uh, a kind of a, a, a TKO submission style finish, I think it, it kind of worked. Yeah. And uh, I think the, yeah, the quality of the match was very good. It was very high paced. Um, this was where we had the, the noticeably too close crowd barricades Yeah, that's weird. where Pac at one point looked like he kicked broke his oh. chin on. One of them. Or sheets. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, it was very good. I was surprised it was done so early in the show as well. Maybe they had to uh, finish up quick and get back to WWE uh, for the, the Sunday night show. <laughs> the um, I thought the match order was interesting on this show. I think they did their... I think they tried to avoid having a glut at the end of the card that would tire people out. Hmm. Uh, but I think they... Didn't quite get it right because I still think the main event had trouble following the ladder match. But I think it was smart to put this one on earlier. I actually thought this one might open, but um, the match they had open was was a fine choice. So yeah, uh, uh, I like that in the early goings of this promotion, they've done time limit and they've also uh, stuck to the thing of having the new Japan style announcements. I think that's good. So you can you let people know that that can really happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as you said, they've got a stoppage. So getting it in early that these are the things that can happen. Um, on this on on this show, so that's good. And I think the commentary did a good job on the stoppage. As well. One thing I like that they do in the announcements for each match is that they say who the referee is. I don't know why, yes. but it's a little touch that I like. And the referee for this match, or him. Yeah, and and you know they 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 acknowledge their their significance as people. You know, Excalibur is always talking about how you know he's always talking about bigging up Rick Knox because of course he was the PWG ref for. Two decades nearly at this stage, and uh, they reference uh, 
what's her actual name? Everyone calls her Girl Hebner. Aubrey, is it? Um, yeah. You know, they've, they've championed her a lot. She, she made event in this show, which was cool. Yeah, so I, I like that as well. That's cool. Um, next up, a match I had no real expectations for because I, I thought it was going to be a regular singles match. Uh, thankfully, it wasn't. The Cracker Barrel... What did they call it? Classic? Clash. Was it the Cracker Barrel Classic? Clash. Clash. Um, Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc versus Joey Janela. I tell you, Cracker Barrel, they made a good business deal here because they actually had the fans chanting the name of their restaurants uh, by the end of this match. <laughs> this, this was the overachievement of the card for me. I thought this was tremendous fun it was great yeah i thought the, the cracker barrel thing was a bit weird at first but then it somehow worked perfectly with the match i don't know how that ended up happening <laughs> with the barrels really getting involved good. later yeah on. everything about that yeah i really love this kind of horror comedy style match that um the hard hardcore style has evolved into with incredibly gratuitous violence but also comedy spots it, it <laughs> seems to work really well um the coffin drop on the barrel was a <laughs> great so spot. I love that. The um, the paper um, carts and everything. It was yeah. It was it was really good. Fucking Joey Janela just doing a moonsault and no one catch him and him just splatting on the ramp was <laughs> horrifying. I like there was a lot of shit this match. I was like, oh my god, what what are they doing in this fast food commercial? Um, <laughs> yeah, but they they was this is the exact place you'd want these three lads. Um, uh, Havoc specifically. I mean, I think the other two could probably have a, a nice wild brawl without without the weapons. But I don't, you know, three way with these guys. You want them, you want them using all the toys. Yeah, and uh, it, even in the sense of getting these three guys over to a bigger audience, this is this is the way to do it. Very very fun. Uh, we had best friends versus the Dark Order. Uh, this was <laughs> this was for a buy. In the first round of the tag team title tournament, again, we still don't really know what that tournament is going to be. Um, my thing about the buy is that it makes sense if it's a one night tournament. You know what I mean? So if eventually when they do a one night tournament, the Dark Order get a buy, that makes a bit more sense. But uh, but anyway, well, even if it's not, I mean, the team that lo- uh, loses here, I mean, the best friends already happened. Um, they presumably, if they're determined, they they have to fight again now in the first round. Yes, so yeah. they still need to wrestle an extra match. Do you know? It just seems it just seems kind of silly that not only do you have this match for the bye, but they had a qualifying match to get into the match for the bye. No, that is, like, that just, is really just, cool. just call it. Just call it. <laughs> add a add a couple of extra rounds <laughs> to the tournament if you want to do that. Um, match was good. Uh, I think the Dark Order gimmick is seriously hindering what are obviously two good performers. Um, But yeah, I I don't like... The little... The the pantomime movements of the creepy guys is so cringe. It's awful. I I don't like these two at all. It feels a real step below everything else on the show. It It does feel very indie. Um, it does, uh, and it does. <laughs> However, I I thought even worse and even more indie feeling was at the end of the match the lights going off and Orange Cassidy being stood in the ring. Now, fair enough, people loved it. I I I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why is this happening? I thought I thought it was he very, was very silly. He was saving his pals. 
<laughs> Why did they do the lights go out gimmick? And it's, well, it's some that is geek. Little... <laughs> hands oh my God, you can't call Orange Cassidy some geek. Some geek with his hands in his pockets doing a hands <laughs> in his pockets <laughs> suicide dive. Yeah, he did a suicide dive with his hands in his pockets, and he did a kip up. He's cool. He's cooler than you. <laughs> well, undoubtedly. <laughs> And everyone loved him. Um, yeah, although the, the lights going out, that is very one of those it's wrestling moments where it's yeah. like, okay, who turned the lights off? What what connection does Orange Cassidy have to the dark he's side? He's got in his pocket. He's got the fucking lights, remote control. Maybe it's a clapper light. <laughs> he can't uh, clap. He's got his hands in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> when he hits each leg, I guess. Uh, but he's in the, he's in the best friends now, so it's a three a three person Ooh. team now. The bestest, the best of friends. Yeah, doesn't really work. No, I mean the three of them could be best friends, I suppose. Very best friends. Yeah, because we've got quite a few trios now. You have SCU, obviously. You have boy and the dinosaur. Boy and the dinosaur and the other little lad. You have these three now. I wonder if they're kind of going in that direction to have a. A trio division, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, there's there's other companies that have belts uh, for for trios, so wouldn't mm. be the worst. They they have an insanely stacked division. I think I think they do have enough people to do a a tag and a trio side. I I would rather keep it simple, but they um, they are insanely stacked on on the tag side. Yeah, well, that's one of their things is they want to have the best tag division. Well, I think they pretty comfortably have it, in my in my humble opinion. But but they've come uh, out they've come out and said that that's one of their focus areas. Uh, next up was uh, Hikaru Shida versus Rio. Uh, this was to uh, decide Nyla Rose's opponent on uh, the TV show to crown the women's champion. Another again a minor issue. Uh, it feels a bit like indie or almost a bit TNA. Like, why is one competitor decided by a battle royale and this other one's decided by a singles match? Mm. Um, like that's a bit silly. Uh, but other than that, this is all right. Uh, crowd were kind of down for it, but they did a lot of cool stuff, and I think they got into it. Um, I think they have something with Rio. I honestly, I'm, on a, I'm honestly not too sure which way they're going to go for the title, but I think they're, I think they're too. I think that's actually a really good match for uh, for for the title. I don't know. I wonder if they're going to niche for that kind of first AEW Women's Championship. Now, I don't I don't mean necessarily that your your first title match should be so Jazz. bland as I don't know, well, Britt Baker against uh Ali or someone. But in terms of your your everyday wrestling fan who's tuning into TNT, Rio and Nyla Rose might be a bit too too far down the other end of like being so far away from what people associate with your typical women's title match. Um I don't think Nyla Rose had a good night either in the Battle Royal. Um I don't think she looked particularly good. Uh whereas this match is very fun. But we've we've seen Rio and Nyla Rose already in that uh was it the four way match there were they both in that one? Or did they have a singles match? I don't I don't even remember. Uh, it was a three way uh uh that that the two of them were in. Okay. Um, I mean, we'll see. This match was fun, though. 
the rest was fun. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't amazing, but it was fun. Yeah. Um, we had Cody versus Sean Spears, um, which I think continued the trend of Cody knowing the best position to put himself in to get the best possible match, if you know what I mean. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, with the right opponent and the right story and the, mostly the right level of um, dog and pony show, quite literally in the case of the dog. Okay. Um, pony was late. Uh, but I thought this one was a little much with the Aaron Anderson running in and everything. Um, but I still thought overall it was a pretty entertaining match. Yeah, I liked the, the Arn and Tully stuff, but it didn't feel like it. the match had kind of earned that sort of shenanigans. Like it wasn't a sort of fever pitch, even though the crowd enjoyed Arn coming out. Um, it wasn't as good as obviously the, the previous Cody matches, um, maybe because of Sean Spears or maybe just because it wasn't, um, didn't have that emotional story going into it. But it was fine. It was, it was quite good. Um. Yeah, I thought that was fine. I didn't really understand what happened. Aaron come out for no real reason because, as you said, the match hadn't really turned into a frenzy of interference. Yeah, this that was a bit weird. He comes out, does a spine buster, then he leaves, and then Tully leaves for no real discernible reason. Um, I guess the idea was that he was going going after Aaron, not like to attack him or anything, but like to find out why he came out. But then he just went mm. like through the other entranceway. And he just left. Yeah, I didn't understand what was happening there. Why? Why he left? And like MGF was still out there. Um, and then I didn't get at the end why they did the MJF tease with the chair. Again, maybe it's a slow burn, but if if he's really a bad guy, why wouldn't he have hit him with the chair? And if he's not a bad guy, why did he look at the chair like Johnny Gargano does everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> a lot over maybe it was just overthought like they, they thought well we have to set this up we have to set this up we have to do this we have to instead of just having a simple you know match um i think i, I don't i don't think sean spear is any good <laughs> also um there's, yeah. a, there's a reason why he was in developmental for a decade he's like a, a slower more boring randy orton Um, I didn't like his little. <coughs> I think that's harsh on Randy Orton. <laughs> I didn't like his little uh, contact lenses either. Yeah. Oh, what was he about? I did not understand that at all. Yeah, he's you, supposed have, to be this kind of serious heel. Have you seen well, him lately with the fucking gimmick contact uh, lenses? Yeah, it's weird. Anyway. Anyway, uh, up next, we had the ladder match for the AAA Tag Team Championships, the Lucha Bros versus the Young Bucks. Um, now, this is a match that's been done quite a lot. Um, I wasn't a big fan of the last one in AEW. I thought it was getting a bit... Yeah. Getting a bit choreographed, getting a bit kind of, you know, standing around waiting for spots to happen. But I thought this was absolutely outrageous. 
I thought it was spectacular and crazy and innovative and wild. And there was still a little bit of uh, getting a little bit too cute. There was uh, like three or four instances of them doing spots at the exact same time as each other. Um, uh, the big one being the, the, the dual splashes outside the ring on the ladders. Mm. Um, but early on, there was also like a double cutter off a ladder, like like a, a little too cutesy, but it not not enough to make it anything less than an excellent match. I thought. I started falling yeah. asleep during this one. What <laughs> this match? I watched no, what? because it was like four in the morning at this stage. I'd been up for, I think I'd been up for twenty hours at this stage. Oh, this is why yeah, watching eighteen hours of wrestling as well. <laughs> and I, 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 it was, it was really fun. I'm not saying it was boring, but I, I, I was so fucking tired. It was hard for me to keep my eyes open. I was fighting, fighting with my eyes to stay open. Um, a lot of great stuff. I, uh, the all-time best-looking destroyer from a height. Oh yeah. Uh, because that always to me looks dumb when they do it, because they yeah. have to time the rotation of it or whatever. Uh, this one looked great, like you'd fucking killed him. Wasn't there, like, two spots in a row as well where, like, Nick Jackson got really fucked up and then, like, straight away afterwards, Matt Jackson fucking landed yes, on a ladder so, or something? Oh, my God. So, uh, Matt uh, did basically the the Bubba Ray Dudley fly off the top of the ladder outside the ring through two tables. Oh, he got caught in the rope. But his foot, his foot hit the top rope. And so he sharply turned midair and crashed like head first through one table. Yeah. Uh, absolutely horrible, terrifying spot. I mean, I knew because I hadn't heard that Matt Jackson had died, that he, that he was okay. But Watch, even watching that on, on a delay and knowing he survived the match, I was like, fucking hell, that was brutal. Um, uh, and then, yeah, a second later, they did the spot where the other Jackson brother and Pentagon were on top of the ladder, and the young, the Jackson brother in question, whichever one was still alive, uh, pulled the mask off Pentagon, which was a bit of a surprising thing to see. Uh, Pentagon came off the ladder, stumbled around, and then shoved the ladder over, viciously shoved the ladder over so that the, the, the Jackson brother fell off it, but then fell on the ladder as he was coming down. He also dead. Um, yeah, really violent match. I mean, they did a lot of spectacular stuff. They did a lot of cool flips and, 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 and innovative moves, but there was a, a sort of a visceral uh, uh, violence to it as well, which, which made it feel a, a bit more grounded. It was really fun, but uh, yeah, as I said, I, this was this was getting late, and this show was going long. Um, I definitely enjoyed it more than the six man. I think you and I kind of felt the same way about that one. That yeah, Omega being in it, and um, I forget who else was in it. L- uh, Laredo Kid um, kind of diluted it a bit, whereas this one is a bit more, a bit more pure. Um, and then the main event. Yes. So oh no! Wait. LAX debuted. <laughs> Sorry. Oh yes, yeah. LAX debuted and laid out both teams after the match. As if their tag team division wasn't good enough. Then LAX debuted. They came out disguised as Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein, which was a bit odd. I don't know why that. Why they chose. I that. thought they were. I thought they were Vince McMahon at first. I thought that's what those masks were. <laughs> you thought it was actually Vince. <laughs> the big, big old rubbery face. <laughs> <laughs> That's Vince McMahon disguised as Jeffrey Epstein. 
But yeah, so uh, yeah, as as as, um, as Paul said, as if that that uh, locker room could get any more loaded with tag teams. Well, not only loaded with tag teams, loaded with really good tag teams. Really good tag teams, yeah. So there you go. Then it was the main event, which was, uh, well, they they used blood in it. Yeah, I thought I thought that it was above average, but not not by that much. Uh, Chris Jericho defeated Adam Page, which I think we talked about a few weeks ago. I mean, that that was of those two options. I feel like that was the right decision. Um, they they were hard. Uh, Adam Page was bumping like a madman, flying off the apron, hitting the barricade, uh, doing a shooting star press into a code breaker. Uh, really trying his hard to ha- have an epic. At- Felt like the crowd was tired and they didn't care about about Adam Page. They cared about Jericho. They were actually really into Jericho. Mm. I, don't, I don't think they were into the match dynamic. Just an individual, unfortunately. And funnily I enough, really I, get sorry, Adam go ahead. Page. I don't really get the Adam Page thing. Well, he's a cowboy. He came out on a horse. I think he's. I think he's good, but I don't get him as the kind of big main eventer. Like I popped more for the horse than for him coming out. <laughs> um, and he just seems to be doing a stone cold. Oh, we know, we didn't talk. Well, we alluded to. We didn't talk about the them bringing the dog out and the dog getting spooked by the pyros. <laughs> well, there's not much to talk about. Why do they do that? How stupid are they? Oh my god, this, these geeks. Anyway, and Paige come out on a horse. Cleverly, they didn't shoot pyros off to have the horse kick someone in the face or something. Um, Ripple Adam Page on his big night. Uh, no, funny enough, they did. The, Jericho bladed during the match. And although it was kind of notable for that, I I didn't think it added anything to the match really. Even though it made sense storyline wise, because Jericho punched Adam Page in the eye that one time. Yeah, I didn't feel like the match gained any in extra intensity or anything that it would have had were he not bleeding. So it, it didn't really add anything to me. And also, he's the heel. He overcame. Yeah. He blooded. Yeah, inter- I just find it more interesting than anything that they that they bladed in the main event because it's obviously nowadays very unusual to have a a main mainline American company to have people be doing that. Yeah, and I and I definitely think it was just to to pay back that uh, to pay off that angle basically from mm. last time. Yeah, um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was all right. I thought it was it was a good match. And they had a clean finish, which I wasn't really expecting. Um, Being that, clean with the Judas effect. Yeah, that which is what, but that's what they're saying. Their their mo is so that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah you know the Judas effect's kind of funny. Um, I thought it was like I said. I thought it was better this time. Hagman was doing a discus like a lariat type thing, which is how he busted open Jericho. Yeah. And Jericho caught him with the Judas effect. It did look better. It still didn't look like a finishing move to me. But again, much like the the Kenny finish and the draw a couple months ago, I think they're just trying to get this stuff over. Mm. Uh. I love Jim Ross early on, by the way, going, well, let me tell you, X, this kid here, Chris Jericho, he's got the best physique I've seen in a long time. Jericho looking like one of the cracker barrels from earlier in the night. Um, Look at the abdominal muscles on this kid. Um, Didn't really think that was deserved praise from Jim Ross. Um... And as Joe says, Adam Page, he's just kind of a guy, I mean. He's just kind of a guy. I, I mean, I, he was obviously in, in the main event here. I don't think we'll see him much in the main event scene going forward. I think that's where you have your 
your Omegas, mm. your Moxleys, your Pox, potentially. Um, uh, yeah, definitely, I think so. I think Pox was probably winning this originally. Yeah, not really your, uh, not really your Adam Pages, I don't think. Maybe in the future, but definitely seemed like a weird guy to have in, in the first ever title match. That was, that was all out. I don't know. They that all, was all out. They announced their next pay-per-view will be in November. Uh, uh, I full gear. Out. Full gear. I was going to say plugged yeah. in. That's not what it's called. Full gear. Yeah. Plugged in would be slightly worse, but, but full gear is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that was all out. Uh, better better than the last show. Put him back on the on the right track, I think. Yeah. I I just can't kind of help but feel a little bit underwhelmed by what AEW has turned out to be. Like the shows aren't knocking me dead necessarily. Like like I think they kind of need to at this stage. But anyway, um, I think there was a big Dean Ambrose shaped hole in this. Um, yeah, the show. He is the only real main eventer to me in in this promotion. No, um, no CM Punk debut, of course, as people have been uh, wildly speculating. Did you see saving any, that for the TV, mate? Did you see any of his uh, his pay per view? What cost twice as much as this pay per view? <laughs> no. no, apparently he was a load of old boring shite where he said nothing. Yeah, uh, I, I some of the highlights it did not seem very important. So, Joe, tell us about your trip to see the Japanese boys. New Japan Royal Quest. Um, yes, I went to Royal Royal Quest on Saturday evening. Um, it was taking place at the Copper Box Arena in East London, which is in the, um, what was the 2012 Olympic Park. Hmm. Um, so this is one of the venues where they had, I don't know, volleyball or whatever they do at the Olympics, that, those kind of sports. Um, so it's quite, it's not the most kind of glamorous of venues, but it's a pretty sort of solid venue for, for this type of show. Um, and also quite a nice um, part of London now. It's right by a canal, um, which was all kind of regenerated during the Olympics. There's lots of restaurants, bars by the by the canal, uh, right by the Copper Box. Um, got there about four. The show was supposed to start at six. Uh, we we're going to go to one of the bars right by the station, but we got there full of wrestling fans. So we said, ah, not this. I don't want to go here. Um, ended up walking along the canal, found a few more bars and restaurants, Full of wrestling fans, people with losing Gorban Ablaze t-shirts on. Really, you know, I mean, I know I'm going to a wrestling show, but I don't want to have to sit in a pub with um, wrestling fans for two hours. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Okay. Um, so we ended up going to a restaurant called um, The Breakfast Club, um, which is a chain of restaurants here. Had some had some food. Um, had I had chick- fried chicken and pancakes um, for the first time. I think this is a restaurant Barry would really like because oh. it is all um, fried and covered in cheese. Yeah, hell yeah. He'd, he'd love, be loving it. Um, so it was really good. Um, the only strange part of the meal was when, so the guy brought the food over and I said, oh, can I also have a pint of, um, I think it was Camden Pale Ale or something. He, went, oh, he said something, I couldn't hear him, so I just nodded. He then came back with a pot of mayonnaise Um which he gave to me and I was like <laughs> <coughs> I sort of took me a few seconds to process this and then he, and he went and I thought oh he thought I was mayonnaise which has to be the most weirdest kind of mishearing <laughs> um, ever 
in a restaurant. <laughs> I'll order a pint of pale ale and get a pot of mayonnaise. Anyway, so that was good. Um, we went over to the show. Um, venue was nice. It's, it's kind of what you'd expect. Really good setup. I think this is kind of perfect venue for pro wrestling because it's mm. it's big enough that it feels like quite a big time show, but not so big that you need binoculars to be able to see the wrestlers. Mm. Like no matter where you are in the arena, you get a really good kind of pretty close uh, view of the ring and everything. So it was, it, this would be my kind of ideal venue to see a wrestling show. Um, so we actually got there. It said on the on the tickets the show was supposed to start to start at six, but it actually started at five thirty sharp. So luckily we got in there half an hour early. Yeah. So we were there right on time. Um, I'd, going into it, I'd obviously bought the tickets before they'd announced the card. They just announced like a few names. Um, looking at the card, I was a little bit disappointed, kind of going in because. Although you did have the likes of Ibushi, uh, Will Ospreay, uh, Naito, they were all in kind of just tag matches. Mm. Um, none, none of them in uh, hope, what I was hoping to be like a big singles match. Right. Um, so that was a bit disappointing going in. And, you know, the first the first five matches were all tag matches as well. And it started to get a, bit, a little bit repetitive. And I started to think maybe this was just a sort of glorified house show. Um even though it's being kind of filmed and televised. I didn't even realize it was on pay-per-view. That yeah. surprised me quite a bit. Because um, looking at the card, it doesn't look like something you'd want to pay. How much was it? Like 20, 20 euros. So 20 yeah. euros. Oh, God. Quite expensive for that, for that card, I would say. Um, but yeah, all, I mean, all the tag actions were good. Um, you know, you had uh, Rapongi 3K in the first match. That was decent. Ibushi and Juice Robinson put on a really good show. Um, had, having quite a bit of fun. Um, Will Ospreay was good, but again, like you know, Will Ospreay is probably one of the best British wrestlers, certainly of this generation, possibly ever. Yeah. And you know, this is a huge show in London, and he's in a tag, ten-minute tag match, kind of third from third in. Bit disappointing. Um, it, it was fine. Naito was was really good as well. Um, Gorillas of Destiny took on Aussie Open. You took this as an opportunity to go to the toilet and the concession stand, because uh, I'm not particularly know either of these teams particularly well. Although from what I could hear, it seemed to be getting they had a the very, best reaction. Very good match. Yeah, yeah, it was getting the biggest reaction so far of, of all the tag matches. So probably should have actually watched that one. Um, then we got into the kind of big matches. So Kenta came out and he was he got a big heel reaction. Uh, people were kind of really playing along and obviously he's got like very emo video entrance and look now. Um, so he took on Ishii. What was, um, actually, I thought it was a pretty good match. I saw there were some reports that he had maybe concussion and they kind of fell apart a bit, but I didn't really notice that too much apart from a couple of spots that were a bit weird. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. You're, you're not the first person who was there live to say, I thought it was fine. It seems like people watching on VOD, maybe with the camera more in his face, it was more obvious, but some people were saying, Watching on fight, it was obvious he was kind of fucked up in some right. capacity. I don't know what happened though. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't. Yeah, I, I I noticed something was off, but it, I don't think it really affected the match that badly. Not that I was aware uh, of, anyway. Strange. Um. So yeah, really good match. We got kind of title change. Kenta won the the uh, open weight title. Um. Then had Tanahashi and Zack Saber. 
Um, so Saber was obviously really, really over. Um, got lots of chance, did the kind of usual stuff. It's similar to the match they had before, the one in MSG. Um, you know, Saber doing lots of submission holes. Tanahashi really, really popular as well, even though Saber was the kind of hometown favourite. Everyone was loving Tanahashi. Bloody legend. Um, <laughs> so it was a good, good match. Uh, I wouldn't say like amazing, but you know, very, very good. And Tanahashi winning was. Uh, really, really popular as well. I think people like the idea of him. Yeah, two title changes on this show. Are you happy with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not bad, not bad. I mean, it's just <laughs> newsworthy, you know. Goes down in in the history books. It's all right. Um, I think people like Tanahashi winning just because he's such a legend. So, and ha- him holding the British titles kind of, you know, it's, adds prestige to it. And it's like yeah. nice, nice moment. Um, some good anti-Brexit chants during this match. There was. Um, Fuck you, Brexit. Clap, 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 clap. Fuck you, Brexit. Clap, clap, clap. And stand stand up um, if you hate Boris Johnson. Stand, no, what was it? No, if you hate Boris Johnson, clap your hands. So uh, that was also very popular. Mm. Um, so good match. Um, and then the main event, which was Okada uh, versus Monoro Suzuki. Um, this was bloody fantastic. I'll be honest, lads. Um... Okada's really, really good. Obviously, well, obviously he's fucking good. He's one of the <laughs> best wrestlers of the generation. But seeing him live as well, you see he's, he's such great presence and really, really good in the ring. And I was got so into this match. This really kind of made the card what 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 might have been a kind of okay, you know, live event into like a really, really good show because this main event was just so, so good. They really, really worked hard to kind of get people into the match. Um, really, really, really good. Um, especially kind of a lot of the back and forth stuff, you know, the, the slapping, slapping each other with hands behind the back kind of thing. And um, Suzuki constantly going for the pile driver and a card and <laughs> just quite getting out of it. That was, that was really getting the crowd into it. Um, yes, this was, this was a lot of fun. Um, one of the best matches I've ever seen live. Uh, really, really good. And I'd say like normally, you know, I watch some of the new Japan shows, um, you know, on TV or whatever, and usually pretty good, but I would say watching it live, I enjoyed it so much more. Mm. I think it makes just the style of wrestling, um, it's just much suited, better suited to kind of live environment than TV, whereas you, your WWE, um, certainly the other way around, you know, much enjoy, <laughs> would much rather watch it on TV than see it in person. Yeah. But uh, I think this was, this was really, really good. Um, so yeah, overall, very, very good show. Crowd were, were really good for everything. And um, yeah, I'd probably go again, but I think maybe I'd wait to see what the card was um, before getting tickets. Um, just to see how kind of, you know, whether it's a, a big house show or whether it is does actually feel like a kind of pay-per-view event. Um, saying that, it was pretty close to a sellout. The only gaps, big gaps, were in the kind of corners in the upper bowl in the kind of worst seats but other than that it was real packed house um pretty really good yeah i enjoyed that main event a lot as well yeah i liked i like when suzuki would like <laughs> and it's a little bit um logic breaking but i god i couldn't help but enjoy it anyway but suzuki would get one for the pile driver like yeah. okada is perfectly vertical he could easily just sit down and do the pile driver but okada will start kicking his legs <laughs> excuse me and that's what I love about Suzuki's matches a lot is that it, it is that kind of it's that kind of oh, oh everything's a little bit over exaggerated 
from his facial expressions to his selling to the moves he does he's just a really fun guy to watch and I'd love to see Okada live come on Cabray would you get him yeah. over to, to Tala would you yeah what's, what's going on there well we know what's going on there but um yeah, he's uh, him and I. I was going to go to this, and then financially, I just couldn't swing it with everything else going on. Um, I'm kind of raging now because I want to see Okada. I want to see Tanahashi the most. Yeah, I want to see Okada, Ibushi, and Tanahashi at the top of the list. Um, but I think Paul, it's. I think we're going to have to go over at the very least to England. I don't think we're going to have to go to Japan to see them. I'm sure they'll be back for another Copper Box show, and they'll assuredly oh, yeah. be back for Rev Pro. Yeah. Um, but I think the I get the vibe the the New Japan thing is dead in the water on the Irish side. Hmm. Um, we have we have although we had Liger this year that was one already. We did that was that was a make good for pulling Osprey. Um, yeah, uh, and also it's weird special circumstances. He's doing a retirement tour. I think he he was probably happy to do it. I match in Ireland. All the <laughs> all the Japanese old boys seem very excited to come over and do one match over here. Um, but also, like you look at the down, the downplaying of the Japanese talent in general. Look at the show on Saturday. You've got Tony Storm, Jordan Devlin, Zach Gibson. You got no AEW guys. You got no New Japan guys. You got you got no one, with the exception of Star. You've got no one that would be a questionable booking for a WWE affiliated group. It, it seems like that's the direction now for OTT. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, we'll see what they announce for their big five-year anniversary show but um yeah i think that's the most interesting thing for me about the show we're going to on saturday is announcements for that for that show no they don't do those anymore they only do announcements on twitter now well they can't do the show was called road to fifth anniversary they can't do that and not announce at least a couple of names at a main event do you remember do you know what i used to love barry when they when they would keep their announcements like secret and then during the show you'd get a little pro- promo video upcoming this October the National Stadium and you have this person and this person the crowd's getting going fucking berserk and the Young Bucks and Kenny and people, oh my god and now it's just on Twitter oh by the way uh, yeah your man's gonna be there so yeah, retweet if you can go on like yeah, it's, it it's, sucks the fun out of it even if you don't have people that big to announce do the announcement at the bloody shows come on yeah Anyway, how was how, how was it in Cork? Was it all right? Uh, Cork was good. Uh, I won't run down the whole card. It was it was splitting the difference between a Dublin show and like a B show. Yeah. Um. Uh. But so the venue was about it was a bit smaller than the Tala uh, basketball arena, and but it was also cut in half. So the right. building overall was smaller, but they cut it. So basically, the curtain segmenting off you know the section where the show was happening was basically in the middle of the the basketball court in tala right uh, and so you had the entrance ramp there and you basically had half the bleachers and then seats on the floor so it was it looked what well, i mean i don't even know what you would call a sellout because the bleachers were were pretty massive but they looked like they had basically every seat on the floor sold out and a decent chunk of people in the bleachers. When the show actually started, it looked really good. And I, I watched the the YouTube preview of the VOD. looked It looked decently good out there uh, as well in terms of attendance. So this was this was a, it seemed like a home a home run, and I'm sure they'll be back. Um, nothing, not a whole lot notable booking on the show. Jordan Devlin beat uh, 
uh, Jody Fleisch in the opener. They even announced it as a non-title match, which I actually appreciated because they, they, you don't need to, to water down the title by acting like Jody Fleisch is a contender for it. Um, that was really fun. Uh, to jump forward to the relevant stuff uh, uh, in terms of storyline stuff, uh, uh, David Starr beat Callum Black. Uh, it, it was kind of your usual Callum Black format match. He he uh, he, you know, he threw his lariat. He he did all his impressive stuff, and he took a he took a big beating, but he kept get he kept getting up. And him and Star had a lot of like lariat exchanges that were really cool. Um, and at the very end of the match, he said, "Jordan hit harder than you," and then uh, Star knocked the fuck out of him and pinned him. So the big angle on this show, and this is pretty much the one, the one big angle of the of the event, uh, was. Uh, Star did his promo afterwards where he said he wa- the one person he wanted to call out after his match and have a fight with was Jordan, but Jordan already left to go do his more important job referencing NXT UK, uh, which was true. Uh, at intermission, we saw Jordan leave with his his bags and his his luggage and all this other stuff. I guess he had a, he had a commitment to go to, um, so he had to he left at halftime and. Star did his whole independent shtick. A lot of people cheered. There was a lot of uh, anti-NXT sentiment. Uh, his independent gear was pretty damn popular. Um, at the show, I saw a lot of people wearing it. Um, uh, and then, but he did he did the thing where he kind of made sure he was still the heel by saying, "You know, you people are fickle" or whatever he said. Um, but he said he was the new import killer because Jordan was the import now, uh, which was a nice line. Uh, so it was really good. Uh, interesting thing about this going forward is I, I, myself and a lot of other people were speculating that the October main event will probably be Walter versus Star versus Devlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that did not feel like the direction. It felt like they were just going to do another singles match. Um, he Pete, the fans chanted, "You'll never beat Walter," and I think he had some kind of line about this isn't about Walter or something like that. Like it, they, the focus was very much on possibly just doing another Star Devlin match. So I, I'm very curious to see what they do. Uh, this coming Saturday to set up what whatever the October match ends up being. So that was cool. That that was something that felt a little bit like much like they've tried to do on the Belfast shows. That was something where it's like, okay, that's that's kind of substantive in terms of this not being a B show. Um, the other big match uh, was Raven Creed versus Valkyrie. Um, we've talked a lot on this show about the Raven title run not running, not going great, mm-hmm. and then lack of build to this match. Uh, well, as as you might have expected, with that thing with that with those things we discussed, uh, there was not a great reception for this uh, match. Raven got the usual solid hometown reaction. She was not some kind of like ravenously adored uh, hometown hero at all. Uh, the match was not very good. Uh, it was okay, but it wasn't very. It wasn't great, um, and. Uh, it was just all right, and then they 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 had Valkyrie win, which which if you said to me at the start of the year that they would do a show in Cork with Raven challenging for the title and she'd lose, I'd say that's crazy. But honestly, on on the night, it felt like the right decision because it feels like Debbie and Valkyrie when Debbie wasn't there, but that's the tag team. It feels like they're way more of a hot act at the moment than Raven. I don't know if you'd agree, Paul. I would. Yeah, and and I feel like Valkyrie's come on leaps and bounds, and Raven for whatever reason. Raven has just not been able to recapture that uh, the the magic of that first Sammy Jane match, uh, unfortunately. I think so, I think uh, one of the problems is uh, I think the the Raven Creed character is is so commonplace in wrestling, especially in indie wrestling, 
with the 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 face paint and the screaming and like I God, I, I I could go online and in ten seconds I'd find you a Raven Creed clone from yeah. another you know it's it, it I don't know that she's really that unique <laughs> which is kind of an issue whereas Debbie and Valkyrie have something a bit more entertaining something a bit more new going on that's not so kind of I don't know all over the place and and. I mean, common for wrestling. It's like you've had characters like that in wrestling going back years and years and years and years. I think that's I think that's totally fair, and I and I think, yeah, and I I think I think, regardless of her booking at OTT, I think that's true. But then I think the booking at OTT hasn't helped. Um, so, like we said, she wasn't on that contenders show. Like Raven pinned Flexer at WrestleRama, like that was so pointless. Um. Like not to at least give her a win over Valkyrie to set up the title match, but uh, the finish was oh the finish was dreadful. So uh, uh, they they did a, a distraction with Flexer. The belt got in the ring. Um, uh, a really really uh, awkward spot where Raven kind of had to kick the, the title back to Valkyrie so she could pick it up and do the title shot to the head. Uh, Raven kicked out, which did get a huge reaction. That was like the one really great near fall of the match. Uh, they 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 continued the match after that near fall and uh, Raven set up for her that we've complained about before the backstabber finish which I don't think anyone buys as a finish ever. Valkyrie held onto the ropes so Raven just did a bump and then Valkyrie did a roll a kind of a jackknife pin with her feet on the ropes and that was the finish. Um, so even though Valkyrie winning was the right result, they, they had the flattest imaginable finish. Um, Something about this match, again, and I still think it was the right call for her, for Valkyrie to win, but something about this felt very WWE in the sense that they, the hometown crowd was just so deflated after it. I was like, oh, you, if you, like, you'll probably come back to, to Cork and do well and have another good show, but the idea that you're going to make Raven the equivalent of the Kings of the North in Belfast is already gone. Yeah. Um, which and you could argue that wasn't going to be the case anyway because they haven't done enough to protect her in the lead up. Whereas Kings of the North were a huge part of OTT forever. Um, but yeah, to to beat her with such a poxy finish uh, in the first Cork show was uh, ooh, it was not good. Um, and I wonder, I wonder what Raven's role in the company is going to be going forward because like she's not even on the poster for Defiance, um, which is happening in October. And you know, I, I feel like they're they're kind of moving on. Uh, which, is, which is unfortunate because it seemed like they, they she was the, the hot new Irish act there at the tail end of last year but there you go um, so yeah and then the main event was was Mike, uh, Speedball versus Pac which was an absolutely tremendous match again not, not a match of any major consequence in OTT but just a tremendous tremendous uh, super indie style main event uh, that and Caradoir versus Scotty Davis were, were the standout matches for me um, yeah so yeah, like I said, it, it, a lot of it, it. It was it was a really fun show. I would happily go back. I really liked seeing it in Cork. I thought they brought the goods in the ring, but uh, don't need to break down the results beyond those. Okay. Uh, let me see here. I think that's kind of everything. So for our our, our wrestling guff, um, we could maybe do a bit more of a news news roundup next week. There was some there was some news. There won't this week, be but... one next week. Uh, okay, well then we'll do a two-month uh, 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 roundup in two weeks. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, we have uh, we have OTT next week, Paul. Brand new venue. We do. Um, the return of beer. Uh, <laughs> really, they should have just called the show the return of beer. That's the selling point. Yeah, it's the biggest OTT return since uh, the the awards come back that one time that led to nothing. Remember that? Oh yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, tons of debuts on that show. I'm I'm I think that card is low-key very very good i like i like a lot of the stuff they got on there um yeah so uh you and i will be at that and i guess the week after we'll come back with the report on, yeah. on so people have two weeks to get their uh songs of rays like mysterio and phoenix and that answers in um if you haven't listened if you missed that bit of the podcast that was about an hour ago so go back an hour and listen to it Get your answers in. Email us. Uh, yeah. Email us. com slash email. Do pop us an email. I know we were <laughs> talking very frankly about how we don't have prizes. Uh, pop us an email. I think this will be fun. And also, we will we'll cobble together some stuff. We'll send you a, a little goodie bag. Um, what we can do is I'll, I'll have some stuff. Paul probably has some stuff. We could, like, cobble together some stuff at OTT and one of us can post a little goodie bag to you. Um with some, I don't know, some DVDs or some shirts or stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, so, chairshoppodcast.com. And also, while you're there doing Songs of Rays, ask us a question. Uh, contribute to the show that way. We've taken questions for years, feedback, which of the shows did you watch this weekend, did you like them, did you not like them, uh, and so on and so forth. So, with all that said, uh, uh, we'll have a week off next week. Uh, everyone be safe, live your lives, be happy, enjoy a week off from us. Um and uh, we'll be back in two weeks to talk OTT and any other developments in the wrestling world. Until then, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Joe Towder. Goodbye. Pura Resu expert. And it's goodbye from Mr. Paul Griffin. I'll see you when I'm 31. Take it easy.